the Japanese tennis player Naomi Osaka recently withdrew from the French Open. She refused to speak to the media after her match and was fined. The enforcement of the fine was stated by the tennis official who made the statement to the media then walked off the stage refusing to answer questions. One set of rules for the players and another set for the officials. Susan Devoy, whose sympathy was with Osaka, said, Osaka is talking about getting anxious. The argument for her fronting up to the media is that it is her job. She has a contractual obligation. And given that 80% of her income is from endorsements, those advertisers who want who support her want her profile in public. The argument for her not wanting to appear is simply press conferences are stressful and dangerous for her mental health. She's there to play tennis, which she does to a world level, not to enter a celebrity contest or to be the victim of harmful interrogations. Well, today professional sports people play their sport in a business, and the business owners are there to make money. If the Olympic Committee was primarily concerned about health, then the Tokyo Olympics, I suspect, would be postponed. But these international sport, sporting organisations are lucrative money ventures. And the result is that athletes are vulnerable to the stress of doing the job of marketing the product. <coughs> They're also vulnerable to becoming a product, becoming a commodity. Anxiety is a major health issue. According to large population-based surveys, up to 33% of the population are affected by an anxiety disorder during their lifetime. There are a number of causes of anxiety, including social causes, like the nature of the job you have. If you want to become a professional tennis player, there should be a warning on the label Playing professional tennis may be injurious to your health. <laughs> now, Edward Schweitzer, in his commentary on <coughs> Mark, observes that the parable of the seed which grows is about being carefree. There's no mention in the parable of the nature of the job, like ploughing, or harrowing, cultivating, or weeding. And he asked the question, is this a parable about living without anxiety? Sow the seed. In fact, the parable says he scatters the seed. Then leave it. Have patience. Have confidence in its future. <coughs> There are some things over which we have control and much of which we do not. But there's no point in being anxious over forces beyond our control. 
One way of coping with stress, of course, is to take drugs. There are drugs like methamphetamines, which are great relievers of stress. The trouble is the side effects are pretty damaging. Yet for those caught in the stresses of today's world, drugs are tempting. I was talking with a person this week who told me that his sister was on methamphetamines. And he said it was the Germans that provided it to soldiers during the war that kind of led to its release, which I believe the Germans did for a time before realising its severe uh, harmful effects and then it was withdrawn. But it was used to stimulate soldiers who were tired. Well, the parable of the kingdom of God likened to a man who scatters the seed and waits for the harvest invites us to think about how the kingdom of God draws the possibility of coping with anxiety. If anxiety is a health issue, then there are some health remedies. But if anxiety is caused in part about how we structure society, how we structure work, how people are driven into poverty or drugs, then anxiety raises the question about how we might live our lives in different ways. Let me just make a sideways step here for a moment and talk about the kingdom of God. I'll do it very briefly. But the main theme of the Synoptic Gospels, that's the first three, Matthew, Mark and Luke, the main theme is heralding the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the one who heralds the kingdom. The kingdom is not defined. The kingdom of God is not the same as the church. The kingdom of God is spoken about through parables. The genre of the parables like much of religious language, is a form of poetry. In fact, Jesus preached his message, Mark's Gospel tells us, using parables. And he did not speak to the people without using parables, although he did explain the parables to his disciples. There's a point here for our communication of the good news for today. If we are to follow how Jesus communicated, we will use parables. Preaching is not telling people what to do or how to live. Instead, it's more one of reading the poem and seeing how it might be interpreted for the day. Preaching is not about causing anxiety or fear or guilt. If we are to follow the parable of scattering the seed, it is carefree. In that sense, the kingdom invites us to enter and free ourselves from anxiety. The parable of the mustard seed. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds in the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches 
so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Jesus here uses an image from nature, the image of a tree. It grows to have large branches such that birds can nest in its shade. The kingdom here is not an end in itself, but and neither it is, is it an instrument. The kingdom provides shade that in turn provides a place to nest. I heard the story about an owner of a house. He was actually a, a neighbour of ours when we were in Lower Hutt and his place had a very large walnut tree in its garden, been there for many years. And it was very fruitful, and lots of walnuts came from it. And in the back garden, the family had planted fruit trees and had a vegetable garden. When it was sold, the new owner removed the trees. He chopped the walnut tree down, and he put the whole garden and the area down in concrete. And I wonder if that's a parable <coughs> about our civilization today. In conclusion, let's return to the theme of anxiety. Within Christian tradition, there's a strong stream of contemplative prayer. It is practiced within Catholicism and also within Protestant circles. More recently, it's called Christian mindfulness or Christian meditation. These spiritual practices have connections to how Jesus prayed, and which we can see in the instances when Jesus went into the wilderness to pray. So spiritual practices such as contemplative prayer are like a bird nesting in a tree. And the tree can be likened to the presence of the kingdom of God. This tree is not replaceable with concrete.